Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Uh, guten Tag, gut München. <laughs> What's a München? People, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. This episode is really special. It makes the triumphant return of Stacey Hurley. Hello, Stacey. Hello, new mother. Hello. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, you must be. <laughs> Everyone's excited to have you here. The neighbours are so excited we're doing another episode that they're throwing a party for us. Yes, they are. That we haven't been invited to. It's great. Oh, how rude. Yeah, those assholes. <laughs> if you hear some music in the background, that's them. Uh, joining me on this podcast on Stacey's Triumph and Return is Kahu. How are you, Kahu Tapsil? I'm great. Thank you, Sam Hurley. Tongue, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I haven't been on here for a long time. And... Probably even longer since I've shared the table with Stacey as well. Mm, Usually, yes. what did you do to my wife on the table, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's it's me, you, me and you getting stuck with Machu. Yeah, so, sorry, Machu. Yeah, exactly. I think you strategically picked us for this because yeah. it's, it's quite a controversial topic, subject matter. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you didn't want the podcast to be highly controversial <laughs> as well. Yeah, I did go to yeah. see this with Machu, and he didn't get invited. So it <laughs> <laughs> is a refreshing change to be actually reviewing a pretty good movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I just feel like I always get lumped with the bad ones. Well, you're the one that keeps petitioning them. <laughs> you're the one that's like, let's do one of those Transformer movies. Yeah, yeah and we still haven't done one. No, we're never fucking going to. <laughs> I, I've got a long list of Kahu suggestions. One was, let's watch all of the extended editions of Lord of the Rings and do that for an episode. Yeah, I was, we oh, Let's could... watch 12 hours of movie and then answer 20 questions about it. Yeah, we what, usually do an hour-long podcast for a two-hour movie, so... What's that, about 12 hours of movies? We could yep. do a six-hour podcast. Six, there we go. <laughs> 120 <laughs> questions. <laughs> that, oh, my God. That's a whole spin-off, like, whole thing on its own. Don't get too smiley. You're going to be taken along for that one if we ever do it. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm busy that day. <laughs> yeah, how typical. So, yeah, this week's movie is Jojo Rabbit. The reason why we're doing this is it's directed by Taika Waititi, New Zealand's favourite son at the moment who also stars in the movie as Adolf Hitler. And <laughs> that's right, he stars at a young, as a young boy's imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. Now, when Taika Waititi, who's actually part Māori and part Jewish, was asked why he chose to play the role of Adolf Hitler, he said, the answer's simple, what better fuck you to the guy? <laughs> <laughs> so good on you, Taika Waititi. Rolling through the rest of the cast, we've got a Roman Griffin Davis playing a young Jojo. We've got Thomas and McKenzie, Kiwi actress, playing Elsa. Scarlett Johansson as Rosie. Sam Rockwell as Captain Kleisendorf. I can't remember how to say it. Rebel Wilson as Fraulein Ram, Alfie Allen as Finkel, and Stephen Merchant as Detst, the Gestapo agent. Uh, but we can't go too far without mentioning the real star of the show. We've got Archie Yates playing Yorkie, Jojo's young best friend. Did you say Jojo was played by a Roman? Roman? What? You said, you said yeah, his Al name's Roman Griffin. Oh, Davis. right. He said, you know, he said, he said, he's not an actual Roman. <laughs> he said, Elsa, Elsa's a Kiwi. And then you said, Jojo's a Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Romans? Jojo is Roman. Wilson isn't actually a rebel. You know that, right? Yeah. You get that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the cast. And basically, the plot in general, if you're not planning on going out and seeing this movie, is that Jojo is a lonely German boy who discovers that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. 
Aided by his only imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. Looking at the reviews for the movie, Rotten Tomatoes 78%, IMDb 7.8 out of 10, and Metacritic at 58%. But Kahu, what would you give this as a score out of 10,000 sticker grenades? Uh, I, I actually had a similar figure in my mind before you said the whatever one it was that was 78%. I was thinking 7,800 stick grenades. I wouldn't kind of give it a standing ovation, but I did think it was really good. So, standing yeah. ovation, you reckon? A, yeah, standing ovation. <laughs> standing yeah, ovation. yeah. Cool. 7,800. I, I think it was subtle in the digs it gave uh, the whole Nazi regime without kind of glossing over it. Oh, it's sort yeah. of the illusions of white nationalism that's on the rise as well. Eh? It had a few yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I suppose that kind of brings us to a disclaimer for this podcast as well. Obviously, the... The movie does deal with some pretty heavy and disturbing um, and uh, like period in yeah. history. So any jokes we make about it are obviously in the context of this movie rather than yes, the yeah, actual horrible point. history. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Stace? What do you? What? Would, how many stick grenades would you give this movie? Oh, this is a really hard one to rate. I think partially because of the subject matter. It, yeah, it's always got you a little bit on edge. But I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to go 8,122. This is my most anticipated film of the year, and I'm going to give it 8,512. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Sat well. I think I more enjoyed the fact that me and Stacey got to have a couple of hours out of parenthood. My mum came <laughs> and babysat our kid. We went and saw it on my birthday. It was really cool. It was yes. funny because we walked out of the movies like, oh, this is great. We've been out on a date. We've been to a movie. We forgot that we'd gone to the 3.40 p.m. session in the <laughs> afternoon. So we walked down to the street at 6 o'clock and we we're like, holy fuck, it's, it's dinner time. When are you going to bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's our scores for the movie. And before we get into our 20 questions, as usual, spoiler alert. So if you're not planning on seeing the movie and you don't mind us ruining it for you, then by all means, listen along. And what we do on this podcast, as I mentioned before, is that we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 questions that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions we thought of while we were watching the film. And finally, we finish on a, uh, usually a Patreon question or a question we throw out there to our fans. But this week, it's a Patreon question. So the question we always start with is the compliment sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about this film. Now, Kahu Tapsu, why don't you lead us off, Fraulein? 18 kids for Germany. Um, <laughs> I first thing I liked was it's a little bit disturbing, but I liked seeing the uniforms on screen. I thought that was quite kind of confronting. And you're just like, oh shit, yeah. I here's an erection for uniform. <laughs> no, no. I just thought, yeah, that kind of kind of set with the historical period, obviously, but you know, representing the evil regime that it did, it sort of was in your face quite early. I really didn't like the death of the rabbit. I really don't like that oh, stuff on yeah. screen. Yeah. No. It obviously had a point in the film, but oh yeah, don't like that kind of stuff. And more so than that, the kind of the reaction to especially all the older kids that were there, they were just like egging it on and almost celebrating when it happened. Yeah. 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 Disturbing. And the other good thing, I thought this was actually one of Scarlett Johansson's better movies. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. Not a massive fan of her movies, but I thought she was really good in this. A layered performance, if I yeah, can say that. I'd agree. Like she's she's not a standout actress by any shape or form. Like you can't really even name like three films that were like worthy of Oscar's sort of attention or anything like that. Like she's fine, but yeah. What about you, Stace? 
You mean what do I think of ScarJo or you want my compliment sandwich? <laughs> well, either. <laughs> well, actually, she is part of my compliment sandwich, which I will reveal shortly. Yeah. My first good thing is Taika Waititi playing Hitler. It is as crazy as it sounds, and he obviously had a very clear vision for exactly how he wanted to pull it off, and I think he just did it in his usual style, and it was great to see. I saw an article that apparently he had a tough time finding anyone to play Hitler, to the point that if he was was going to get this movie made, he had to play himself, because apparently he went to like Tom Cruise and people like that, and they were like, nah. (laughs) What a missed opportunity, those those actors. What about Mel Gibson? (laughs) (laughs) Nick Cage. Nick Cage wouldn't say no, come on. Mel Gibson definitely wouldn't say no. <laughs> so I don't know if I could be that nice. <laughs> what else you got this days? Okay, my bad thing is I didn't believe Scarlett Johansson's character is a mother. Yeah, she yeah. seemed just like a young, cool, hip um, person of the resistance, whatever you you know call her group, that, whatever she was trying to do, and I just. She just seemed unnatural looking after a young child. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Jojo seemed a lot more independent than her. (laughs) Do you reckon they should have made her like his auntie? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe. And, and, you know, maybe his parents were killed and she was just looking after him and had no clue how to do so. She was obviously struggling, though, a bit with the whole thing about her husband or partner being likely dead and kind of sort of trying to bury that under the surface and trying to care for him and yeah. be part of the resistance at the same time. And it, it was one of my favourite scenes was when it came to Hilt was when she, like, drew that beard sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And she's yeah. like, you know, listen to your mother and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I just need to completely backtrack. And that, that is a pretty light, like, nitpicky little bad thing. Oh, well, you enjoyed the movie, so, yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's by no means – I don't think it's a bad performance. It's a good performance. It's just an issue with the character. And other good thing is it really took me by surprise, and I don't know why I liked it so much, is the creative letter writing by Jojo. How he, he <laughs> yeah. made up these letters – that were supposedly from Elsa's boyfriend who's clearly dead, dead or died somewhere. And it was just so cute and interesting and unexpected, I think, for the movie. It was quite bizarre. Like, didn't her boyfriend have, like, a really English name, like Nathan or something like that? Yeah, Nathan. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. thinking, that's not really a German name. On the family list, no. Yeah, it was kind of funny how he just kept up that charade of, Writing letters. Yes, even. <laughs> when, she clearly knew that yeah. it wasn't Nathan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was quite like it was quite cute and sweet and endearing in a lot of ways. Eh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it was even the narrative that he was like expelling was quite obviously a kid's. Yeah, you know, like idea and stuff like that. But still, it had like a bit of maturity to it. I found I really enjoyed that. I there was a, there was a bit of a weird scene where the Gestapo came into the into the house and was searching everything yeah. and and they went through his drawings and showed him like stabbing nathan basically <laughs> and but there was kind of no reaction to that afterwards from elsa when the gestapo left yeah she kind of didn't care eh? yeah it which, almost felt like a deleted scene where they sort of got over that or whatever yeah yeah, yeah it was it was a little bit strange I, I was kind of expecting there to be some sort of fallout and then they'd sort of reconcile but it didn't really happen. Yeah, totally. My my good thing is the way Taika Waititi knows how to balance humour with drama. 
Mm. Like he has an amazing way of making you laugh one scene and then just pulling the rug out from underneath you in the next. Mm. Now, obviously, we mentioned spoiler alert. Like the the point where Scarlett Johansson's character died. Yeah. No way did I see that coming. No, no, that it was that was like a sudden like what the fuck. The movie was kind of losing a. Well, it wasn't losing its humor, but it was kind of you know you could tell something was kind of building. But yeah. even then, especially the way he kind of found her just by seeing the shoes. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just like that. It, it subverted my expectations of that. I thought we were going to get Elsa getting captured, yeah. and then the war breaking and JoJo rescuing her and all that sort of stuff like that. That's what I was sort of expecting. Not at all was I expecting the mother getting killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad thing was it, it started to lose me a bit, a little bit around that point, and towards the end as well. Like it done in such a great way of establishing a narrative between the two characters, you know, the two main characters, and then getting to a point where they ended up. And as it went on, and one of my questions alludes to this later, you sort of get to a point where it's like, the war's over, but he tells her it's not, and then he tells her it is, and I was mm. like, you just, you just, you need to get to a point where you just end the movie. Mm. And I just felt like there was just a little bit too much more in there that it was like, okay, we need to build to a point where they start dancing with each other as like a bit of a, you know, like, like similar to romantic comedies, how they have the emotional breakup, and then they have the big dramatic gesture at the yeah, end where yeah. they sort of, you know, and that... That, to me, was just, like, a little bit too much. Final good thing, yeah, acting performances from these kids are good. Mm. I'm not one of those people that bang on about how kids can't act, and quite often that kids' performances in films are usually the worst things in the films, but, yeah, they are, usually. <laughs> in, terms, in terms of acting yeah. performances, they're usually the worst things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, young Kiwi actress, Thompson McKenzie, was, she was brilliant. I mean, she's I think she's 19 or whatever, but. Yeah, that, that Roman kid. <laughs> the Roman kid. The kid from Rome. He was really good. As well. But, I mean, like I mentioned him, the standout was the Yorkie kid. He is the man. Yeah, yeah. He is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Scarjo, awesome performance as well. Sam Rockwell was Sam Rockwell as usual. You know, felt, no, I don't want to spoil my answers for later. Rebel Wilson and Alfie Allen, eh, whatever. Take yeah. it or leave it. But, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's the end of our first question. That moves us on to question number two. What is it there, Kahu? Question two. What item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be Stacy? I definitely don't want to be Stacy. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. I, I have got two things. The rabbit or the books? The rabbit isn't really an item. But I wouldn't want to be the rabbit in this movie. So the rabbits are very brave. They're very smart. They're very elusive. Yes, yes. So if the, if you don't de- deem that to be an item, then the books, burning books, is no way to treat them. That's not what you get taught when you're growing up. You're not even allowed to bend or fold the pages. Should be a crime. Yes. Cardinal son. <laughs> As someone who's trying to sell some X-Men comic books at the moment, <laughs> definitely don't burn them. <laughs> yeah, don't even touch them. Don't take them out of the wrapper. <laughs> don't even look at them, Stacey. The sun oh, reflecting won't. off don't your eye worry. sockets can discolour them. I'm telling you now. <laughs> okay. Uh, the thing I don't want to be, it's in the trailer, and we've already obviously said spoiler alert, but right at the end, little Yorkie and his, one of his friends in the army are off to try and fight back the Americans and the Russians. And Jojo sees him and is like, Yoki! And Yoki's like, Jojo! And drops the end of a rocket launcher. That rocket launcher then careens straight to the side of a fucking shop front. I definitely don't want to be that shop front. I don't want to be sitting there waiting for my, uh, whatever, waiting for the Russians and Americans to free me from this Nazi occupation. I don't want that. I don't want to have a rocket come through my facade and blow me to fucking smithereens. I don't want to have to sit around waiting. 
however long to get a resource consent so that I can get repaired. <laughs> Fuck that. What about you, Kay? Um Yeah, so, I mean, Yorkie as well. This is probably going to be an ongoing theme about his scenes throughout this podcast, but I don't want to be Yorkie's paper uniform. Oh. It was just... <laughs> Every time Yorkie was on screen, it was just so good. But then when he put the paper <laughs> uniform on and then sort of tried to tried to waddle off without it, the seams tearing, it was just hilarious. And at the end, I think he's still got it on, but like, because it's paper, it obviously burns up and half of his back, <laughs> half of the uniform on his back is burnt. It's just ridiculous. If you could be something hypothetical, you'd definitely want to be Yorkie's sense of optimism, eh? Like that kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's just like he's he's kind of oblivious to everything going on, and then but then at the end he's kind of cowering in a corner. But then yeah, you're right. He keeps his optimism up. Yeah, in the craziest of circumstances. Totally. Okay, what's question number three these days? Question three: What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? I, and this was probably more true at the beginning of the movie, but just my philosophical debate was. Is it kind of okay to laugh at some of the stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Especially yes. early on where you're still kind of still working your way into the movie and and yeah, you're kind of having a laugh at the craziness of the Nazi youth camp and then you're just kind of thinking, actually, all that kind of stuff kind of happened and yeah. turned lots of these kids in the thirties into just mindless drones of the Nazi regime and you're just thinking, Oh, this is kind of still really bad, but yeah, I mean, it's not as if you put that aside as the movie goes on, but you just kind of, yeah, you recognize it, but then you're in the context of the movie. That was mine as well. Like, I mean, you obviously recognize this as being the satire for what it is. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, one of the best ways of humans dealing with really horrific shit is just to laugh at it, make sense of a horrible situation by laughing at it sort of thing. And like, I'm a great proponent of this. So I laugh at the most inappropriate times all the time. <laughs> yeah, my deep philosophical debate is... What level of practicality is there to running headfirst into a battle dressed like a peacock, effectively? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam Rockwell at the end basically just goes charging headfirst at the Americans dressed like a peacock. And I was thinking to myself, how quickly would I get killed if I was dressed like that? Like, how soon? Like, you'd paint yourself as such a target. You'd come running out of there and be like, okay, well, that guy's easy to identify. He's not fucking camouflaged. You know? But wasn't that him, like, raising his flag going, oh, fuck, we're all going to die. I might as well go out being myself. rather than yeah. Exactly. Rather than just this uniformed uh, zombie copycat. That's true. He was after the death he wanted. Yeah, yeah, Because they were preparing that in an earlier scene, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. What about you, Sais? Yeah, I think it's got to be about the parents of these children going, joining the young youth Nazis and going off to these little Nazi camps to learn horrible things. How is it any good parent? Can you let your children do that? <laughs> they didn't really have a choice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I guess for ScarJo's character as well, her, her son was clearly right into it, and she yeah. was trying to sort of deflect a bit of the attention off her. Yes, um, true. It's good cover. Yeah. yeah, hiding in plain sight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then moves on to question number four, which is a Patreon question. This comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon. You should go that you should all go check out at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. There will be a link down below. He posts a ton of awesome content on there. And what Dave would like to know is which character from this film would have an awesome social media presence? Now, obviously, this is set in 1940s 
Germany, and the only social media we had back then was Facebook. So what do you guys reckon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for Stephen Merchant's Gestapo agent. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's one of those creepy-looking guys that appears all nice but is just taking kind of mental notes of everything that's going on. So I reckon it'd have, like, heaps of nice little posts, uh, posts like, these are my favorite 10 kittens of the week or something, and, and just <laughs> just see who responds to them and yeah. to try and kind of figure out what they're up to so we can yeah, go yeah. search their houses. Fair enough. What about you, Stace? Well, it's got to be Captain K. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sam definitely. Rockwell's character. Yeah. So he's, he's, as we find out later in the movie, he's clearly leading a double life. Like, he's could be a member of Freddie Mercury's Queen, like part of Queen <laughs> or part of his sidekicks or something like that. Village he's, people. Village people or something. He's clearly got a, a second life going on. So he'd have an alter ego on on social media, Instagram maybe, where he'd post all these amazing photos of him and, at uh, crazy, outrageous parties in elaborate uh, costumes and having a great old time on Fair his He'd go off. to swingers parties, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah. Definitely. Orgies, whatever, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Orgies are like the ultimate on social media, man. If you... <laughs> Anyone that's got on the piss with me has discovered at 2 o'clock in the morning that I love watching nothing more than fail videos. I reckon Yorkie would have a great fail. Oh yeah, <laughs> a great fail YouTube channel. It's just Yorkie just bumbling through life, failing, <laughs> failing in a abysmal way, putting knives or axes or whatever it was in kids' legs, blowing up shop fronts. Yeah, <laughs> wearing paper uniforms. Oh, whoops! <laughs> it's amazing. I love that little kid. Yeah. Anyway, that moves us over to question number five. What is it, there, Kahu? Question five, what scene in this film do you think will last with you the longest? To be fair, one of the scenes that I just thought was absolutely crazy, and I think it may have even featured in the trailer, but when you see it in the movie, it's awesome, is when uh, Jojo and Taika are running through the woods on the little Nazi camp. What are they running away from? What are they doing? Oh, he's running away. Oh, no, they're running with the grenade, the stricter grenade. Oh, Jojo's yeah, yeah, decided yeah, he wants yeah. to be brave. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. great to see how memorable this is. Oh, God. <laughs> Just give me a break. <laughs> I got up at four o'clock this morning to feed a crying baby. Well, I didn't. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. Okay. So Jojo and Hitler are running through the woods trying to be brave, showing that they're going to throw this um, grenade. And it's just a hilarious dialogue that goes on between the two. Not to and, mention poor little Jojo getting blown up and well, rebounds off a tree. Well, yeah, rebounds off a tree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, what I, what's memorable is just this watching Hitler run in such a comedic fashion. Like the the, the physical comedy that Taika brings to that is, oh, is just classic. odd running. It's odd yeah. running, like he's just this. Like, stupid pants. Yes, exactly. And Hitler doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would ever run. He always seems like he would <laughs> coolly and calmly walk into every room without. You know, yeah, even yeah. doing a little bobble of any sort. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do like how later on as well, um, they they mock that whole uniform when he says, "I don't think my pants are like wide enough." Oh yeah, <laughs> you know how they have those weird yes. bulgy bits on the hips. Yes. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few for me, but they pretty much all like aside from the Yorkie scenes, the Jojo and Hitler scenes are the ones that I remember as well. And the one where he's like, oh, I'm going back to my place. I'm going to have unicorn for dinner. And then we get a shot of Taika Waititi sitting there with what looks like a roast unicorn's head yeah, yeah. Yeah, on a the table. End of the movie, yeah. But 
<laughs> it was towards the end of the movie. But then the final scene as well, after Hitler shot himself and Jojo's found out about that, and then Jojo's just hanging out and Taika shows up as a, sh- as a Hitler who shot himself through the head. Yeah. And he's just like, I need you, Jojo, and all this other stuff. And then Jojo just turns around, looks at him and goes, fuck off, Hitler. And just yeah, kicks yeah. him out of the, <laughs> the fucking window. window. Yeah, yeah. Like, kicks him with the strength of, like, fucking Superman <laughs> through a fucking window. I was like, fuck off, Hitler. Uh, yeah, I'm never going to forget that. <laughs> I, I was really happy they had that scene in there because it, it really kind of portrayed that whole evil of Hitler. Yeah. Like, up until that point, you're kind of like, oh, Hitler's just his jovial little friend. Yeah. And then Hitler just goes to town on him. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and then it, it's quite serious, and then yeah, he kicks him out the window. Yeah, it's fantastic. Kicks him out the window. It's brilliant, <laughs> and yeah. that just kind of highlighted as well that he was imaginary. You know, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. forget that watching this movie, but at the end, it's like he's imaginary. Poof, he's gone. That's yeah, the power. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that he has. My favorite scene, and we alluded to it earlier, was uh, when Jojo finds his mother. Oh yes, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that would be out there. That was heartbreaking. So sad. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yes, and that takes us on to our next Patreon question, which comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins. You should go check out her podcast, Tasteless Podcast, a movie podcast in which she compares two movies, one that's pretty much universally loved and popular with one that maybe you haven't heard of or maybe doesn't get the you know credit it deserves or maybe people should rethink their opinions about it. Yeah, it's best way to describe it. What would Emily like to know these days? Question six, what character has probably gone the longest without showering? I am going for Alfie Allen's character, Finkel, because he reeks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. Good one. Okay. He's here all week and he's available for kids' shows. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> I think the easiest answer here is obviously Elsa. She's trapped inside this guy's house. She can't really come out during the day. You know, maybe gets to crawl around a little bit at night. But she's trying to hide from Jojo for most of the movie. Or Rebel Wilson's character. Why not? <laughs> No, no reason. Just Rebel Wilson's character. <laughs> Just because she hasn't been mentioned yet. I'm going to go with Rebel Wilson's character. Righto. I'm going with Yorkie. What? Because he's just too busy, man, like running around <laughs> doing stuff. He doesn't have time to stop and have a he's shower. often covered in dirt. Exactly. <laughs> towards the end. And, and, yeah, towards the end, once he's got that paper suit on, you can't take that thing off. Like, that's not coming off and on. It's just going to get destroyed. He's going to turn into paper mache in the <laughs> Exactly. And then he'll dry. he'll dry and won't be able to move. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's going to get some mean chafing, man. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that moves us over to question number seven, which is which character from this film would win Survivor? Gotta be Yorkie. I mean, Yorkie's yeah. almost the answer to every question we have. <laughs> it's, he's so good, though. <laughs> he's but just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so adaptable and fun loving, and all the other people on Survivor just think he's too nice, so they wouldn't worry about him, and then wham, he's got you. <laughs> yeah, but how shit is he going to be at physical challenges? <laughs> I don't know. He can hold a rocket badly. Yeah. <laughs> He's the epitome of the tortoise and the hare story. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. You reckon? You reckon Slow he's and steady get wins the race. Get behind his lovable charm till the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then everyone's going to vote for him. Ooh. I'm on the Yorkie wagon. No one's going to vote him off the island, eh? Interesting. Interesting to hear Kahu's riding the Yorkie wagon. Okay, well, I'm going with Jojo because I just think he's such a creative thinker. Like, his very, very strong beliefs, right? But he's willing to observe what's going on and adapt and change his opinion to suit the situation, you know, mm. given given evidence, right? 
Hmm. I, th- I think he's kind of easily led, though. Yeah, that's his problem. He's not really a free thinker, really. Or, or maybe by the end of the film, he's matured enough, so he's got a bit more awareness. Yeah, scrap that answer. It's, defi- <laughs> it's definitely Elsa. She's going to win. She's clever. She's smart, and she's she's manipulative. Yes, and she's just can- she's just going under the radar. You know, yeah. right to the on end. Her feet. Yeah. I was thinking Stephen Merchant's Gestapo character, but he's so fucking terrifying. He'd be the first one voted out. No one was <laughs> yeah. fucking cheering on him with that creep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to go with, what do they call him? Kleptenstein or whatever. Captain, <laughs> Captain K. Sam Klesendorf. Klesendorf. There we go. Captain K. Captain K. There we go. K. Captain no, K. No, he's... Captain K is Sam Rockwell's character. Yeah. Oh, that's who you're going with? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Stephen Merchant. No, he's in, no one wants him. It's <laughs> Captain K. He's the okay. man. Yes. He, he's lovable. He does, you know, like sacrifices himself for, you know, the others and stuff like that. He's also got some crazy ideas that might pay off in the long run. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He's, he's on, blind in one eye. He's only doing that job because he got wounded and he couldn't fight. And he's right? got nothing else to do. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So this but is he like lays cushy... it on the line to save Jojo at the end there, and he also was very manipulative. You know, he he when that when Elsa gets interrogated of when's your date, he looks at it and goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's your birth date." Like he he's, mm. he he yeah. will form alliances, he'll take people down. He's the man. Yeah, put himself on okay. the line for that one. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. But he's also a fucking idiot. So it's a double edged sword. He's either out in the first vote or he wins. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> oh dear. Question eight. How would you have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film? I think we've. We'll all have you're the same gonna, answer. You're, you're saying it first, right? Yes, go. Hitler. Yes, obviously. <laughs> oh, no. I, I went with Captain K. I thought he. No, don't I mean, Sam Rockwell. No, no. I, I love Sam Rockwell. He's... Stop taking Sam's out of movies, Kahu. <laughs> Stop discriminating against Sam's. I, I think but he's not a fat Sam. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to make it clear that we don't want to replace any of these actors because we don't yeah. want to take Taika out of this movie either. Then create a new role for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, say, for whatever reason, Sam Rockwell wasn't available. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage would have made a good Captain K. Yeah. See, I'm going to invent a new role for him. I'm going to invent him as Yorkie's imaginary <laughs> friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. What well, is like... Himmler or Bill was coming yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh dear. No. Oh, dear. So you're oh, telling dear. me Yorkie's imaginary friend is Nick Cage and... And um, Jojo's imaginary friend is Hitler. It's Taika Waititi, yeah. No, no, no. Himmler was like the wannabe Hitler age. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of a bit more weedy, but had the same moustache. It's nibbly sort of thing. Yeah. Well, it'd be, uh, I don't know. You could put him in anything in this, actually. Maybe you could be leader of the Russians when they invade, you know, like when they invade the town or something like that. He could have been Jojo's dad. Can you imagine (laughs) Nicolas Cage being married to Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, I think I think she'd go, nope, not doing this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am out. No, I was I yeah, I know that sound, seems absurd, but I'd just like to see Nick Cage with curly hair. What? Oh, because Jojo's got Jojo's got curly right, hair, yeah, yeah. Scar Jo's got curly hair. Yeah. I could imagine yeah. him in the Gestapo as well. Like hanging out with Stephen Merchant. Oh, yes, of course. Easily. Like Stephen Merchant's boss. You can imagine, or, or underling, whatever. You can imagine that. Like, those are the Gestapo. Like his, his Finkel. <laughs> Finkel, he, yeah. He would be an exuberant underling. Like, he'd be the guy who just goes above and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Anywho, that moves us over to question number nine. What is it there, Stace? 
Question nine is what quote from this movie would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? I've already said it. Fuck off, Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) That's just inappropriate. Um, (laughs) uh, This this is one of my favorite lines in film from now on. You are a grain of sand in a desert of insignificance. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost something with chaos as a ladder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> What's that from? It's from True Detective. Yeah, Stacey hasn't seen that. That sounds awesome. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's a heavy TV series. Really is that recommend. with Matthew McConaughey? And yeah. Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. yeah. I started watching it. Oh, so good. All right, my quote is from Yorkie. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> And that moves us down to question number 10, which is, which side character didn't get the screen time that they deserved? Yorkie, next. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you got the right amount. Yeah, I, I do too, but you can never have enough Yorkie. <laughs> do you think there needs to be a Yorkie spin-off movie? Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the Adventures of Yorkie, post-World War II. Yeah. <laughs> I already mentioned him, but I'm curious about Jojo's dad. Like, yeah, I know he's dead, but... We don't even see him. Exactly. He needs more screen time from zero to some. He's not even a character in this film. He is. He's a reference point. Does he even have a name? No. Even Nathan had a name. Yeah, Nathan had a name. (laughs) Your father, Jojo. That was about as much as we got. Your father. So you wanted a bit of Jojo's dad in this film, who is played by Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just basically bring the character You must in. be very tired if you're yes. wanting Nicolas Cage in a film. <laughs> I think it would suit him. It's the right kind of film. Yeah. For me, I feel like um, some of the side characters, were, like Alfie Allen, I've got no idea who the, he was. Yeah, what was he even doing there? It's just like mm. they got him, so they're like, okay, we'll do something with you. Yeah, he seemed to purely be there as another mocking reference to Nazi- Nazism with it. Uh, alluding that he and Captain K were gay. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, he didn't really have a lot to do, did he? No, so that's what, like, that was... Did that, he even have any lines? I don't even feel like he did. I don't remember anything from him, and that's a shame, because I think Alfie Allen's a generally talented actor. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, yeah, that's easy answer for me. I'm going to go with Alfie Allen's character. I didn't feel like he got very well fleshed out, you know. And he has a name, you know, like, most people fucking love Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, he has a name. Yeah, every scene he was in, he was, like, within 30 centimetres of Captain K. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Do you think that maybe they could have excluded Rebel Wilson's character and replaced her with, what's his face you're just talking about? Yeah, because I don't feel that, she didn't really bring much to No, movie, no. Yeah. I mean, she brought female to the movie, you know. <laughs> we shouldn't be, like, uh, making things more male than they need to be, but. Yeah, I think that would... I think because she came across as the most unlikable character. um, (laughs) That is true. That That is very true. That was kind of her whole purpose in the film, to be that kind of real dark side of Nazism the whole way through. Well, just like Mm. the pure epitome of Nazism the whole way through. Yeah, like though I had an 18 kids for Nazi, all that sort of stuff. But like even later on, how she's just like... Hey, take this grenade and go run at some Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck it for Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she really was the darkest part about this film, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. In which case, it's really interesting and clever casting because yeah. you couldn't make like a white 
male with a German accent the most hateable character in this movie, right? No, you've got to because take Because that Australian. would be too realistic. Mm. You needed to lighten it up somehow. Yeah, so take a blonde Australian. No one hates Australians. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a comedy actor as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that moves us on to our personal questions. Kahu, why don't you lead us off? Okay, so on the theme of Rebel Wilson is... Fraulein Rahm, uh, who has 18 kids for Germany, what activity would you do a lot of for New Zealand? Eat fried chicken. How did I know you were going to answer that? <laughs> and steak and popcorn. How does that benefit New Zealand? Like, what situation are we in? There is a rampant problem um, of feral chickens running around this country. They're snatching your people up. They're eating. Snatching <laughs> Yes, there's a yeah. rat there are there's killer chickens <laughs> on the roof they're flying in through windows they're picking do you want our daughter being picked yeah, check, check I don't want monitor. our daughter being you picked you need to check the monitor yeah check yeah. the monitor we don't know if there's there's rampant chickens in there at the moment uh, I need to eat those chickens right woo okay <laughs> keeping the farmers in jobs <laughs> actong Fraulein, I need to eat those chickens the look on your face yeah, of pure disgust. What happened to you? I'm drinking just, bourbon. Just now. Oh, God. It just like hit you like a ton of bricks. I don't know what I'd do for New Zealand. <laughs> Sweet fuck all. Nothing. It's not worth it. No. Yeah, well, what situation? Are you mean talking like wartime, like we have to do something... We're pretty screwed, really. I mean, there's, there's, there's we're not... an island. That's the best defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also no the one knows worst. where we are. No one knows where we are. No one gives a shit about us. We've got the best defense ever. You need to keep that up. You need to do obscurity for New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep us under the radar. Yeah. Okay, I'll do Fuck that. Fuck Peter Jackson making all those Lord of the Rings films and everyone going, <laughs> "Oh my god, this country's so beautiful. We should go out there and look so peaceful." And yeah. fuck. Fuck our government for voting 119 to 1 today in favour of a, a carbon zero carbon bill. God damn it, stop making us fucking internationally significant. Who, no, who, we who don't want people the, to know where we are. Who was the one? That's a really good question. Yes, it we, was me. <laughs> was it that act dude? Oh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was me. Oh. You know how we've only got like 120 people in this country and we all sit on the parliament? It was me. Oh, was it your turn this week? Yeah, it was my turn. I must yes. be on next week then. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I actually snuck in and voted at you. That was <laughs> proxy. <Yeah. laughs> okay, obscurity for New Zealand. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. You're doing that... a great job at it so far. <laughs> whatever that entails. Okay. Uh, question twelve: What ridiculous get-up would you wear if you were charging over the battlements in a lost cause, like Captain K? Well, inspired by Captain K, I just think you need to take it one step further, and I'd go for one of those feather cabaret dancer outfits you know where they have the big fan of feathers on the heads and out the back and out the sides and everywhere and just the brightest colors you could find so I mean, even though he looks like partially sort of flamingo peacocky-esque you oh, want to go yeah, full, just, full peacock. peacock i mean on the upside they might think your head is like way up here so they might shoot over your exactly. head exactly it's very unlikely but <laughs> <laughs> if it was me i'd just shoot at the middle of the mass yeah <laughs> For me, I was trying to think of something that if you saw the swing in the battlefield, you'd feel guilty about shooting at it. You'd be like, I don't really want to kill that. And I was like trying to think of like, what's the most beloved icon? So I've gone with Santa Claus. <laughs> I wouldn't want to shoot Santa Claus. No, that's true. A, that's a good point. If I saw Santa come out of there like, ho, 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 motherfuckers, and just shooting at me, maybe I'd shoot back. 
But if it was Santa come out, ho, 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 I'd be like, no, I'm not going to shoot Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tragedy. Santa yes. getting shot. <laughs> That's a, that was definitely will save you, Sam. But make sure you just hide the bucket of chicken. You don't run out there with it under your arm. <laughs> Why am I going to run out of a bucket of chicken? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of red on that KFC bucket, so it might sort of blend in. Yeah, true. I think as well, like if you're running out there dressed as Santa Claus, you're going to have a whole lot of, well, maybe I'm not, but you're going to have a whole lot of padding on you. So you might be able to absorb some flak and shrapnel and bullet fire and all that sort of shit. I'll just wear a bulletproof vest underneath. That's true. Mm. <laughs> It's a good point. <laughs> what character would you get to help you to hide a dead body? I'm going to go with ScarJo's character. We've mentioned that she's part of the Resistance. La Resistance. And, yeah, I think she's got contacts. I reckon, yeah. Got to, got lots of empty spaces in the walls in exactly. her house, Exactly. She's pretty trustworthy. She also is, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, so I wouldn't want to hang out with her. Yeah. <laughs> Those Gestapo really didn't search that room very well, did they? No, nah, like, see, that was so that, that It's is... quite easy to find that door. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was the thing, because I was thinking the Gestapo is obviously, you know, like... Know their shit. Yeah, know yeah. their shit, but they don't know Jack. So I reckon, yeah, I reckon, I reckon Scarlett Johansson, I mean, ultimately she obviously gets caught, but, you know, that's, that's cool as long as she gets caught and I don't, then who cares? And... Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I finally, <laughs> I finally found a job for Finkel. Who the fuck is Finkel? Alfie Allen's character. Ah. <laughs> he's going to help hide the dead body because he's not up to much. He doesn't have any lines. He's not doing much. He's just a sidekick. He's so. doing what you're going to be doing. Obscurity. obscurity. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be like... The best type of security, obscurity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. And that moves me on to my questions. So we've mentioned him enough and... Yeah, I mean, he's awesome, and we've already established that we all think he's awesome, but I want to know from you guys, what do you reckon your key ranks in terms of best friends in cinema? What do you reckon? Oh, he's definitely at the top. Yeah, but like, who's some other best friends you'd, you'd put him up there with? I can't even think. There are no best friends that would beat him. Really? He'd be your favourite best friend in cinema? Why, do you know of one that I would like <laughs> more? Groot? I don't know. Nah. Chewy? No. You love Chewy. Yeah, but no, Yorkie's better as a best friend. Okay. Because he talks? Yeah, you can understand him. I've just mentioned two people characters that can't even talk. Never heart to heart. Yeah, York, Yorkie's right up there, but uh, some other ones, Sam from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you to go Sam from Game of Thrones, like how all fat... Samwell? Yeah, because uh, all fat Sams are in fantasy movies, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also the two guys from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, what, Red and... What's the other guy's name? What, their main character, Andy Dufresne? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Red is an awesome best friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know it there. But all-time best friends, Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that movie we watched? Bill and Ted. No, recently, and we're like, they're such good friends. Swingers? Yeah, you want Trent as your best friend. Yeah. No, I still think Yorkie's cuter and funnier and more genuine. Than trains out of swingers. Yeah. Ah. What about Steve Stifler? <laughs> You're talking about uh, worst best friend. <laughs> <laughs> the franchise that never dies. <laughs> True. Okay, so talking about best friends, as we mentioned in this film, Jojo's imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. Uh, what about you guys? What historical figure would you guys like to have as an imaginary friend? Um, have, have you read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. 
You know how right at the beginning there's that, that English dude who's like the, the council worker or something, I don't know, and he has these flashbacks of Genghis Khan telling him what to do? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Genghis Khan. You want Genghis Khan telling you what it, to do? It'd be like he'd be like the action man in the back of your mind getting you to do stuff, <laughs> and you'd just be always like, "No, I'm not killing those people." But you know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to invade China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I might like find some other way of action of getting stuff done. Interesting, Kahu. That's a very <laughs> yes, interesting choice. Yes, it is. Another I mean, another evil dictator. So probably not a good good example. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> You know, he fucked his way across a continent so much now that like one in 200 people are a descendant from Genghis Khan or something. Yeah, what a maniac. Crazy stat like that. Yeah, what a maniac. He's basically the polar opposite of you. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. This is a really difficult one because. You don't like anyone? Yeah, and no. (laughs) And like, so Hitler is an obvious choice for Jojo, right? Because he really respects and looks up to him and he's the leader. He wants to be like him and do what he wants and all this kind of thing. Yeah, he's been conditioned so to think. It he's... starts out innocently. Like, it starts out as someone who he really admires and puts mm. on a pedestal to be his imaginary friend. I just don't really put people on pedestals. You, you don't want to have Kate Shepard, the New Zealand uh, woman who fought for women's suffrage and basically yes. New Zealand became the first country to get the get women the vote. You're not going to go for Yes. I oh. think, yeah, she'd be great. Hey, there we go. We got there in the end. It'd be great to just get into that psyche of, of and just the motivation behind her, you know, her whole thinking. Taking a stand and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going against the grain, fighting for what you know is right. What about you, Sam? I'm not answering my own question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you're... It'd be- definitely be Caligula, you know, the Roman emperor that went crazy and named his uh, horse to Senate and all that. So I'd definitely have him. I think he'd right. balance me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, moving on to my final question. So the film ends after a little, like as we mentioned before, the film ends with a bit of back and forth where Jojo tells her the war hasn't ended or that the war has ended but Germany won and then later tells her actually no, the Americans and Russians have won and so they leave the house and they discover that they're now free to do whatever the hell they want so they just start dancing. What do you reckon happened to these two characters after they stopped dancing? I think they just kept dancing all the way to Paris. <laughs> and That's a fucking lot of dancing. <laughs> and she started selling all his drawings. He yes. went to school and he grew up to be a Formula One champion. Wow. <laughs> okay. Sure. Go Jojo. Yeah. <laughs> go Jojo. <laughs> go Jojo, go. <laughs> and he made jelly beans called Jojo Beans. <laughs> what the fuck? This is getting worse. Seasons, keep going, Kahu. I'm loving it. Yeah, same. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to help with Elsa. She became a school teacher. A school teacher? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Well, boring. He becomes a Formula One driver. She becomes a school teacher. <laughs> no, she became a champion. Census taker. <laughs> I was going to say a champion aviator. Oh, there we go. Oh, now, now you're talking. Yes. Yeah. I like that. And they lived in a big castle up in the <laughs> Pyrenees. Jesus <laughs> I can see it now. They have their own airport landing strip out on the... Don't encourage them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I can visualise the whole thing. I think You're going to say the same sequel. as him, aren't you? I normally don't like sequels, but this one sounds pretty good. <laughs> Hollywood, if you're listening, there's, there's your Jojo Rabbit sequel. <laughs> Don't call us. Because <laughs> we won't, sure as fuck won't be calling you. <laughs> that 
that's way better than my answer. I think we'll just, we'll just leave it with Kahu's answer. Excellent. Okay, well, that moves us over to your questions there, Stacey. Okay, so my first question that I'd like to know is, um, much like Jojo and Yorkie were in the Young Na- Youth Nazi Club, what club were you in as a youth? I was in the Cub Scouts, which was the pre-runner to joining the Scouts. And I set a record for being the quickest uh, kid to ever be kicked out of the Cub Scouts. Wow. I do not believe this. <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to tell I'm, you this. I'm going to ask your mum. Yeah, what did you get kicked out for? <laughs> I'm not allowed to legally talk about it, but there was kind of this protected forest. There's no longer a protected forest because it's just fucking ashes. <laughs> so... Just, no, I'm kidding. I was never kicked out of the Cub Scouts. So th- that was it, though. But I just remembered being... This is the very first thing I ever rage quit. You know how you're playing a video game again, the fucking your ass handed to you, and you're just, you're just like, "What am I doing this for?" And you just quit. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever rage quit. All these other kids were like tying perfect knots, you know, building <laughs> tents, making fires, all that sort of shit. I'm still struggling to get fucking marshmallows out of a packet to put it on the fire. I couldn't do shit. <laughs> this explains so much. If only you just persevered. <laughs> Persevered. I was an 18 year old doing Cub Scouts with a bunch of seven year olds. If I wasn't going to learn what? by the time I was 18, who's, who's 18 at Cubs? Well, it was like grade school. You did, like, I started off when I was seven, but I never graduated. I couldn't even get my badges. I was still trying to learn how to tie knots while I was fucking driving my car. I was voting and I still couldn't build a tent. I was also in Cubs, but don't think I got kicked out. I think I was okay at doing knots. Uh, Did you get kicked in? Kicked in the what? <laughs> what do you think? Do they not kick you all in the nuts on the first day? Is that- <laughs> I don't think you were at Cubs, Sam. That sounds like a different club. No, we got we got the we got paddled. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from Cubs, when I was little, I used to collect stamps, and so I joined oh, the New Zealand Post Stamp Hunters Club. And stamps just aren't that cool, eh? <laughs> I don't know anybody else in the New Zealand Post Stamp Hunters Club. Their their mascot was like this rip-off, more scary-looking purple Barney. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I think I only joined because wow. it was free. What a laugh. I, before we answer this question, I was dossing up whether you were going to say chess or stamps <laughs> or orienteering. Wow. I was like, ooh, probably orienteering. Probably not as nerdy as chairs. Definitely not as nerdy as stamps. But where do I go? <laughs> I've still got them all somewhere. Got thousands. Let Maybe. me tell you, now worth about a good dollar forty cents. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fascinating to delve into your childhood. Don't lie to us like this. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. You need to get out more. You need. Yes, you I need do to need to for, get out more. You take that baby for some walks, Stacey, if you find this fascinating. <laughs> um, question eighteen. What other war movie could this movie be in the same universe as? Inglorious Bastards mm, is the correct answer. Yes. Yeah. The same kind of tone to the whole movie. Judge a Rabbit doesn't go all Tarantino at the end quite so much, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, sort of similar, similar sort of vibe going on. I think. Yes, yeah, similar sort of like loose humor, sort of absurdist kind of humor. Yeah. You know, but still kind of quite colorful and yeah. splashy. The only, the only other film that I could think of that would be remotely similar to this one is The Grand Budapest. Now, oh, people yeah. don't immediately think of that as a war film. However, the war does come for them 
and their fake country halfway through that film, which is clearly hinted at being Nazi sort of thing. Yeah. And it's it's the recollection of a guy that was like a, you know, maybe not the best narrator sort of thing. So I could, and Taika Waititi and Wes Anderson are probably two of the most similar directors in terms of visual style as well as humor as well. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could imagine Grand Budapest and this being set in the same universe. Okay, so there were some interesting German accents and not-so-German accents in this movie. So whose accent was the shoddiest? Uh, Rebel Wilson's. Yes! That's what made me (laughs) ask this question. (laughs) It just just wasn't great, but it kind of came across that she didn't really give a shit (laughs) that it wasn't great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it did fit her character. Yeah, yeah. Talking about characters that didn't give a shit about their accents, I'm going to go with the guy that played Yorkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's just got a British accent for <laughs> yeah. the entirety of the film. <laughs> he doesn't even try and put on a German accent. Well, they, could have, s- they could have moved to Germany when he was young. He was from Britain. So he was a young British kid who got swept up in the war. Yeah. Maybe he's a sleeper agent. Maybe that's why he's so shit at this. It's because he's actually a secret British spy who's going out of his way to hampen the German war efforts. This makes so much sense. But he would have had to be like two to have moved there at the start of the at the war. No, because he's what, ten? There okay, were maybe four then. Yeah, four or five. He moved there with his parents. They were British people. They could have said, yeah. hey, we're trying to, you know, like we see what Hitler's doing over in here. They got sent there as like British ambassadors to Germany or something. He's now been recruited by the SAS to be this like secret soldier spy. And he's, he's doing a great job. Isn't it, isn't it funny though, how you don't notice that while you're watching the film? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't really care that Yorkie's got a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> just sounds like him. Yeah. It's like, you know him. You're like, yeah, yeah. that's just Yorkie. Does the yeah. Roman have an accent? Yeah, the, the kids' accents were nowhere near as strong as the adults. They nah, seemed quite nah. soft. Hmm. This moves on to our final question, which, sorry, no list of questions this week. It's a Patreon question, and this question comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Julio of the Contrarians Podcast, a podcast in which they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine, and they argue for why a great film is shit, or why a shit film is actually really, really good. And then they give their honest feedback at the end. Now, what Julio would like to know is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? Do you think that Taika Waititi's plot lines in his films are sort of starting to follow a similar pattern. Ooh. Watch the space. I, I don't think it's noticeable, but the, well, maybe it is. I don't know. It's like main character has a few parent issues and this movie sort of finds its way from there. I don't know. The mothers died in Boy, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People and Ragnarok. And doesn't the father die in Ragnarok too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the dad's, yeah that's true. Yeah. Uh, Korg Dad, Dad's in Hun- not around in Boy That's correct Yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, In Ragnarok the uh, Korg is basically Protesting a despotic leader And he hands out pamphlets As a way to recruit people And this Scarlett Johansson Is running around Handing out pamphlets To recruit people And Taika Waititi Who plays Korg Actually plays a despotic leader Yeah yeah Starting to see some patterns mm. My opinion is Well it's more of a question Is do we need more films In this genre I feel that it's oversaturated. What? Like World War Two films. World War Two, right, okay. That's what I mean. Like this topic, subject matter, genre wasn't the right word. So the subject matter of World War Two, has it been analysed from every angle? It has been analysed from many angles. Do we need more movies on this topic? Mm, right. In, in... I feel like I've been disagreeing with you about everything in this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we kind of had that period around the end of the 90s where we had 
Saving Private Ryan and Enemy at the Gates and a few other ones that were all World War Finry II. Finry Lion. Yeah, and Band of Brothers on TV. Yeah. Um, but then we kind of haven't, hasn't really been much in the movies, I reckon. Oh. Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, but that's 2009. <laughs> um, that's like 10 yeah. years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, I but I'm saying like ever. I'm saying, okay, since it, the war has ended till now. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like, covered most angles. Yeah. I told you it was controversial. Pianos was around that time as well. My controversial opinion is anyone out there listening should go watch this film. I'm incredibly, incredibly annoyed. People bitch and moan about how the only films out there are Marvel movies or comic book movies or Fast and the Furious movies, all that sort of stuff. People moan about this stuff all the time. But this film came out, $30 million budget, so it's like mid-level. It's currently grossed, I think, $6 million worldwide. Is that all? That's all. No one's oh. gone to see it. This is probably the, the least popular film that we've ever done in terms of box office return. Okay, we're going to leave out the room because because <laughs> a million that generated like what ten grand or something worldwide, but but it's like the least popular film. So my controversial opinion is I'm annoyed at not only the people that haven't gone to see this, but then still bitch and moan all over Twitter, Facebook, and that sort of stuff. I'm also annoyed though that the companies that release this haven't really done much to promote it overseas. I mean, we all know about it here because it's a New Zealander that's directed yeah. it, so we get it forced down our throats. Yeah, I mean, over in America they released it on a few screens. And then they sort of widen it the next week sort of thing. So I didn't get like a real wide release. And it just feels like like there's no other real huge films out there at the moment that other people are flocking to. So it's just like, why aren't people going to see this? Maybe the war movie market oh, is saturated. <laughs> I've never seen you look so smug. Come flying into your microphone stand as smug as you like. I mean, maybe you've just answered your own question and that. People just want to go to the movies to see big blockbusters based on IP that already exists. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a shame because they bitch and moan and complain about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're just on like, oh, fucking all the Transformer movies. It's the same as all the other ones. So like, don't fucking go see them. Yeah, yeah. Don't go see another Fast and the Furious in 1.5. Go to see something like this. Go see something that makes the studios go, oh, wow, that little indie film that's based on a book that, you know, and doesn't have a pre-existing fucking cinematic universe and that sort of stuff. That actually did really well. Maybe we should greenlight some more of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's not really inherent to the film that it's a war movie either. Nah. It's all about the growth of, of the young boy and it could be in some kind of other scenario. Yeah. But, hmm. but yeah, it's, yeah, just, it's a bit disappointing. Oh, yeah. it's a massive shame. I, I feel sorry for Taika Waititi because, I mean, obviously he came off the back of Ragnarok and they're like, sweet, he can handle big blockbusters. And this by no means is a big blockbuster, but at the same time, it's got some like serious A-list like yeah, names. Yeah. It, it won the like People's Choice Award, I think, at the Toronto Film Festivals. Like, sure, it's like a small little film, but at the same time, you sort of expect it to do a little bit better than what it's doing. Mm -hmm. That's a shame. And that takes us to the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to these two for joining me and discussing Jojo Rabbit bit of admin from us that's our second to last episode for the rest of the year if you're one of our patreons we've stopped the patreon from collecting your money so don't worry about that we are going to be back in the new year and on the regular it's just obviously a bit hard for us to do these while adjusting to baby life and finding the time to see movies not to mention come up with questions and coordinate efforts especially over this time of the year for you guys over in america you know it's easier to stay in because it's starting to get a bit cold and wet whereas for here this is our summer period and New Zealanders pretty much spend 99% of the time outside during summer. <laughs> so the idea of going locked up and going and watch the movie is not really that appealing to us. Uh, but yeah, by all means, stay in contact. We'll be back soon. Send us your questions. Send us your movies that you like us to do. Let us know how awesome we are. We like that. 
If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Gmail at mritqs at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook page that we barely use, but you can find us there on facebook.com forward slash moviereviews and 20qs. And you can find us on Twitter at moviereviewsin. Anyway, that's thanks for me. Thanks. Thanks for me. Look up our previous episodes while we're off. Bye. (laughs) Good plug, Kahu. Good plug, proud of you. Where does Ro- Ro- Rocky? Rocky. <laughs> what carrot would you get to help? Did I say what carrot? <laughs> <laughs> what carrot would you get to hide a dead body? <laughs> oh, oh, the orange one. Uh- oh, damn it, I've got no worms now. <laughs>